This is a production of KMmedia.pro. Welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So come on over into our world. I know you'll like it, because on today's show, we've got an extraordinary young lady with us today, and she is a performer, she is a producer, she is a writer, and she's written her own book, and she's here to tell us how you can do all of those things if you choose to and her name is jennifer lieberman but first eric how you doing today sir i'm doing great how are you i'm doing awesome thank you it's a it's a beautiful day and uh well okay it's not it's it's just i can't get used to it's december it's dark at 4 30. i hate that <laughs> i'm with you there but you know the days will be getting longer fairly soon and uh you know today was uh, pretty reasonable uh, weather-wise in in my estimation you know we're in the 40s you know we're not getting tons of snow or sleet or any of that stuff so i i'm not complaining not 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 me either because uh, in our part of the world we last week we had snow and which you hardly ever do and i can't remember where our guest is uh jennifer well, first of all jennifer welcome to the show it is beyond my pleasure to have you here today thank you so much it is my pleasure to be here kevin thank you so much for having me so I live outside of Toronto in a small town called Maple, but I am currently in New York City. New York City? What you doing in New York City? Just a little visit. Oh, very good. Are you uh, visiting Broadway by chance? I, I actually have seen a couple of Broadway shows since I've been here. Have I you, saw, have you produced any yet? Lesson. Pardon? Have you produced any yet that are on Broadway yet? Since the not last time yet. we talked. Not yet, but hopefully one day. Yes, Working indeed. my way towards Broadway. <laughs> so what were the shows that you saw? So I saw a play by August Wilson called The Piano Lesson, starring Samuel L. Jackson. And that was phenomenal. Um, a friend of mine came in from out of town. We went together and we're both performers. And we were just talking about how just energetically and the stamina it takes to do a Broadway show and to do on eight shows a week and just be on every time for the audience and have as much energy as it requires. So we were just like in awe of all the performers. So that was, that was amazing. And then I also saw um, a play called Cost of Living, which won a Pulitzer Prize, I believe in 2018. Uh, cool. You know, I've learned something valuable today. I had no idea that Samuel L. Jackson could actually act. But the, uh, if he's on Broadway, if he's starring on Broadway, he is, um, I, I have gained a whole new respect for him, um, for what he can do. Yeah, he was phenomenal. It was a really great production. I, I'm really, I'm really happy that I went. Well, I'm I'm glad you did too, and you're getting out and enjoying stuff. But that's not why we're here. We're here to talk. First of all, if you want to follow along, 
You can do that by going to makeyourownbreak.wordpress.com, and you can follow along and, and look at her, uh, all the things that she's done, which includes, and I had to, I had to get clearance from the boss, Sir Eric, uh, which was there's, there's, there's a word in a play that you actually had to change the title of when it went to production in a book form, but the original title was called, well, I'll let you say it because I'm not allowed. My mother will wash my mouth out with soap. So uh, you no, had a one-woman play. Yes, I had a one-woman play, and it was called Year of the Slut. And basically, it was a coming-of-age, um, sex-positive feminist piece. And I adapted it into a novel, and initially, I came across a lot of roadblocks when I first published it because I could sell it on Amazon, but I could not purchase any ads on Amazon. It kept getting flagged because of the word slut. And the same thing kept happening on all the social media platforms that I was on. So I was like grappling with this idea, like, do I change the title in order to try and give the book a shot in the marketplace, because as anybody out there knows, if you're trying to sell anything, it doesn't matter what it is. It does, you know, it doesn't matter if you have a restaurant or if you have a book or you know whatever you're selling. If you're just relying on friends and family or whoever's already in your social media circle, you're not going to get very far as an entrepreneur. So, I grappled with that decision. Um, and ultimately I decided to change the title and it proved to be a good idea because the book has kind of found its way out of obscurity. Um, so that's been a positive experience. It actually is an award-winning book. Uh, it won the gold medal of the 2022 global book awards for coming of age books and the 2022 SP, ISP, or IPPY bronze medal for romantic erotica. Um, ebooks, among several other international awards. Congratulations. That's got to be a big deal. Yeah, you know what? It is a big deal. Um, it also hit number one on Amazon about a year ago, which was also pretty crazy and surreal, especially because by the time I changed the title and I launched it again, I had already kind of given up on it, if that makes any sense. Sure. So I was just kind of like, ah, you know, whatever. I'll just kind of change the title and throw it back out there. So at least I can, you know, buy some ads. And, um, but at that point, I, I, I didn't expect it to go very far. So everything just seems kind of like it's not real um you know and the fact that it got recognized for any awards let alone as many as it has it's just like wow you know it's like the little train that could because not just changing the title but the book itself I gave up on at least three different times over many years because I get a you know I get a fire lit under me and I get really jazzed about something, you know, like the new draft or whatever. And then I'd submit it to 
agents and publishers and just different people in the industry and wouldn't hear back, wouldn't hear anything. And, you know, you go through a cycle of being really motivated for a few months and you don't get the results you're hoping for. It's easy to get unmotivated. Um, I guess my saving grace at, is that I might've gotten unmotivated with this particular project, but I never got unmotivated enough to stop being a creative altogether, which I guess has been lucky for me because in the interims of giving up on the book and giving up on trying to get it published, I focused on a different creative endeavor each time. So whether it was a web series or a short film or a poetry book or doing a play, there was always something else creatively that I, number one, had an outlet and number two, had something to focus my energy on and still stay inspired and still stay in a creative state because it's when you're in that creative state, you can maneuver from one project to the next project and another project and have a few projects, you know, developing at the same time. It, it's when you're at this like standstill when you haven't done anything for an extended period of time, like months or years that you feel that like trepidation to take that first step forward. But when you're already in motion, it's just a pivot here, a pivot there, and you're already moving. What was it about you that, because in addition, by the way, I should probably finish your bio a little bit uh, to, so that people can get an idea of who you are and what you've been doing. When, when in between deciding whether or not you were going to publish and or republish the book, you've also appeared in 30 international stage productions. You've hosted or you've produced over 40 independent films and, and theater productions. You've helped over 100 creatives make their own break through your coaching and your consulting and stuff. So you are really uh, dynamic at, at what you're doing and who you are. Uh, do, do you recognize that? Um. Well, <laughs> I know that's I, it's a terrible place to put the person is like, uh, yeah. yeah, of course, I recognize it. I'm dang near perfect. But yeah, I, you know, but I, I always realized I was a good problem solver, you know, uh -huh. and I can see ways into and out of situations that other people don't necessarily see. Um, and I've always had confidence to lead and delegate. And, you know, I've always, I guess I've just been kind of decisive as, as opposed to, you know, wishy-washy when it comes to having to make decisions. You know, I think part of being a good leader or entrepreneur or just in general is you have to be able to make a decision and back it up. And sometimes it's the right decision. Sometimes it's the wrong decision but making no decision at all is just as bad as making the wrong decision. So, it, you know, and then you find out it's the wrong decision and you're like, okay, fine. That was the wrong decision. Not going to make that mistake again. And how do we move forward? How do we fix it? How do we make it better? And so I guess the other thing too, is not being afraid, you know, to make those mistakes. And, um, 
I think I think the combination of the two is what's helped me move forward. Mm-hmm. Well, you have um, you're also working as a coach. You're helping other people, other creative people, get past those things. You know, we did a on our Instagram page. We did a short based upon the last interview that we did, and I don't know if you've seen it or not. But if you go to Positive Talk Radio on Instagram, and I, I ask you the question, uh, so I'll ask it again here because your answer was just was just phenomenal. And the uh, the question was, I'm sure that somebody in your life, somewhere in the past, maybe even currently, is saying, you know, Jennifer, 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 you know, I you got your eyes in in a pie in the sky, and none of it's gonna, you know, you need to get a job, you need to. To really, you know, you could do this as a hobby, being a producer, doing what you're doing, and and just kind of do it on the side. But but uh, has anybody ever said that to you? Yes, of course. And I think the cycle of being a creative, it's feast or famine a lot of the time. It's you know you'll go through several months of not really having much work going on, and then within like a you know four month period it's all going to come flooding at once and you're going to be juggling and you know it's it's going to be a little crazy but it's not wrong for people who care about you to try and convince you towards a path of stability you know and a path that to them seems safe but they don't understand because they're not creative people that for a creative, the most dangerous choice you can make is to take the safe route. <laughs> I'm I'm right there with you, sister, because it's the safe route doesn't have the doesn't provide the amount of juice that that some of us need to to really keep going and to and to really be dynamically involved with what we're doing. And it's doing the same thing every day just doesn't work for me. And also, if we're living a life that everybody else is living, you know, how are we supposed to conjure, you know, creative stories and different characters and show like a different side of life or a different side of the world that, you know, most people don't see? It's like, you know, if you just take the same path as everybody else, you're just going to see what they see. And you're not going to really have like a rich, kind of library of experience to draw on um like i'm grateful for where i grew up and how i was raised but i'm also grateful that i moved to new york and kind of broke out of the bubble that i was raised in and have lived in la and have traveled you know not as much as i would like to but they ain't over yet but but that's the thing it's like i've i've seen so many other things um you know but more than just being on a vacation because it's different seeing something in terms of being on a vacation as opposed to just literally moving somewhere where you don't know anybody you have no family you have no friends and just being like I'm here you know and just kind of like finding a job and finding a place and making a group of friends and making you know like choosing your own adventure type of thing I'm always amazed that people have it in them 
like like you like moving to LA or even going to New York um and you and you have it in you that you know that it's going to be okay and you're just going to go do it and see what happens that that takes a lot of intestinal fortitude well the whole thing is it's like if you never go you're going to spend the rest of your life wondering you know what if but if you go and decide like I tried and this isn't really for me, I don't really love it, then you can go anywhere else in the world. You know, you can go home or you can go try something else. You can try another city, you can try, you know, going to a different school in another country and taking something else. Like, you know, there's always, there's always the freedom to change. It's like, I, I feel like a lot of people think when you make this decision to be a creative, that you're locked to it for the rest of your life. And it means that's the only hat you'll ever wear again, as opposed to like me starting a consulting business and realizing like, oh, wow, when I started creating my own projects for myself, I was number one, fulfilled creatively. And number two, I'm starting to create a body of work for myself. And I'm starting to make contacts and connections that I wouldn't have made had I not got the ball rolling myself. You know, so I realized I can help other people do that. That wasn't really what I envisioned when I was 16 years old and decided like, I'm going to be an actor and I'm going to be a writer and create my own, you know, and like, you know, sell scripts and be an actor. I didn't realize it was creating my own projects and producing my own vehicles. Like I, I didn't have enough experience to put that together. But once I did, I realized I could help other people do that same thing. And, you know, I think the first thing people need is someone to just give them permission and be like, yeah, just do it. Just do it. Don't spend a lot of money. Figure out what resources you have. Figure out the bare minimum you need to spend. You know, how how you can save up that money over the course of a few months as you're putting your team together and working towards things and preparing the logistics. And, you know, do it once and you either hate it and never do it again, or you realize, oh, you know what, this wasn't as scary as I thought it was going to be. And it's actually a little better. It turned out a little better than I thought it was going to be. Also, hey, you know, this isn't like the be all and end all, but it was a good step in the right direction. Let's do another one. And then you do another one. And then after that, you do another one and, and you keep growing and you keep getting better. And, you know, 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road, you might even have a career. That's the epitome of an overnight success. When, when somebody says, when somebody comes out of nowhere and they're yeah. all of a sudden everywhere and, and it's like that overnight success may have taken 10 or 15 years to get there, right? Exactly. And that's, that's what's important is to never quit. Well, except, well, and it's, I don't, I don't think to never quit is the right way to say it because you can decide something is not for you. And I think a lot of people thinking like quitting is, you know, because they're not willing to work hard enough. And the reality is we're only willing to work hard enough for the things that mean enough to us. And if it doesn't mean enough to you to work that hard, then do something else, you know, do something else that means more. 
And I don't know, so many people try different vocations. They'll go to school, they'll get a degree for something in particular. They'll work in that field for a year or two, decide it's not for them. They'll get another job somewhere else. And nobody thinks anything of it. Nobody thinks it's a big deal for somebody to start out on the path going in one direction and then turn into another direction and end up in a completely different field than they ever dreamed of. But why is it with the creative when somebody has the courage to say, you know, I'm a creative person, I'm a writer, I'm an actor, I'm a director, I'm a painter, I am this, and I'm going to, you know, pursue this. Why is it if, you know, three years, five years down the line, maybe even 10 years down the line, if we decide it's not for us anymore, like, why does there have to be so much shame around it? Then if I started off as an accountant and I decided I wanted to go into insurance. Yeah. No, you're 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 right because there is there seems to be kind of a stigma around um, folks if you're if you're having a measure of success and then you decide that you're going to go do something else, and they say yeah but look what you've already got, but it's in my world it's not enough. Um, if you look at my resume, it looks like I can't keep a job um, because I keep on going from place to place and doing different things because that's what I really enjoy doing. And what I really enjoy doing is talking to people like you. By the way, we're talking with, Jen, you like how I did that? Jennifer Lieberman is our guest today. <laughs> and and uh, go to her website, which is makeyourownbreak.wordpress.com and uh, make your own break. That is, uh, where did you come up with that? And uh, what's it mean to you? Um, so I, I actually decided to take some business classes when I decided that maybe I could start a business. Um, be much, and, you still my foolish heart. You really, you, you just didn't jump off. you took some business classes. Good for you. Yeah. That's how I came up with it because I, you know, I had reached a point in my life. I studied philosophy and English lit and I was like, these aren't really that effective in my future. <laughs> So I decided to take some business classes. And in one of the classes, they were talking about how everyone's an expert at something. And, you know, everybody was had the assignment to like kind of figure out what they would be an expert at. And also that in order to be an expert, you don't have to be the best in the whole world. You just have to be a few steps ahead of the people that you're going to be helping you know, because your level of expertise is that much more advanced than theirs. And I realized that I was pretty much an expert in low budget film and theater production and basically kind of making something happen out of nothing with a limited budget, limited resources, and just going at it anyway. Because the first thing you make isn't going to be your best thing. It's just, it's just a jumping off point and you're just going to keep getting better from there. And the less resources you spend when you're first getting started, the less guilty you feel 
when things don't turn out the way you want them to, because they're not going to <laughs> the first time around. Well, I'm a, so I'm anyway. a, well go ahead. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so I was in these business classes and then, you know, we had to kind of come up with like a slogan for our business. And, you know, the proverbial, like all these actors are waiting tables, waiting for their big break. Yeah. So I thought, you know, living between Toronto and New York and LA and, a bunch, and working in restaurants and, you know, there's a bunch of creatives, whether it's musicians, actors, writers, painters, you know, and I just realized like, stop waiting, start creating and make your own break, make it your, for yourself. Don't wait for anyone to give you a big break or hand it to you or whatever, you know, work begets work momentum, you know, begets more momentum. So just start it, start moving forward. And, you know, with each step you put in front of the next, you get closer to where you're going and the momentum speeds up, like the pace picks up as you go. No, I, I, I agree. And you know what I said that uh, you only fail when you quit. What I meant by that, let me clarify, was, was that uh, when we are, when you have a dream and the dream is hard and it, sometimes it doesn't work out perfectly the first time, you know that, or the second time, but it's an evolutionary process and it becomes easier the more experience you have because you've already, you know, wh what was it? Um, Edison um, failed at developing the light bulb like a thousand times, and he's hailed as a great artist or a great uh, scientist for developing the light bulb, but he failed 999 times. So, you know, and that happens, but you just got to keep going. Follow your heart and keep going. Yeah, exactly. It's easy to give up. You know, it's easy well, to talk most people tell out you. of things. Yeah, most people tell you to give up, and they ver verify and validate when you say, "I don't know if I'm going to make this work." They say, "Yeah, you're probably right; it's not going to work." Um, but it's important to have somebody in your corner that understands where you are because you've been there, and you can then guide them along the way to create what you've already created because you you are st farther down in that process. Would you say that that's fair? Yes, definitely. And also because I've produced for other people, I've produced for myself, you know, just the amount of experience I have, just sheer for the sheer fact that I've been through it a few dozen times, you know, it just, there's just stuff you're going to learn along the way that you're never going to learn unless you're like in the trenches, you know, you're just never gonna, there's always gonna be different things that come up, dealing with combating egos, you know, technical issues. There's always so much drama behind the scenes. Oh, no, come on, there's, performers don't have any ego. You know, well, well yes, not, it's do. not just performers. It's just everybody in general. When you're in a creative atmosphere, everybody mm -hmm. feels like they have ownership over what they're doing. And, you know, people are going to fight for their, for their vision. And I don't mean it as a bad thing. I just mean it as 
you learn how to deal with all of that. You learn to take it in stride. You learn that it's not ego because if you just jump to the conclusion that it's about ego, it's very easy to lose patience with everybody very quickly. But you need to have patience and you need to have compassion from everybody's point of view because generally everybody is fighting for the best show. And like, once you realize that, and once you're able to just kind of process it, then you're able to deal with each individual, you know, as an artist who wants to be heard and wants to be respected, whether or not you're going to use their, what they're trying to contribute. You know, you have a real nice, soft spoken voice. You have a nice, easy way about you. But I suspect that there are moments in time when you can, uh, a little bit of New York comes out of you and you can, and you can make, make what you need to have happen, happen. Yes, of course. But I feel like if you communicate clearly, if everybody is on the same page, if everyone knows what the expectations are, everybody knows what the time frame is. Like, I don't believe in fostering an environment where I have to raise my voice. My number one rule when you work with me is if you're not having fun, you're fired. Because <laughs> These days are too long. What we're trying to do is too hard. There has to be some sort of levity. There has to be some sort of, you know, sense of, of fun in the creative process, even when it gets hard. Because sure, these days get grueling. But if we're rooted in the fact that like we get to make make-believe for money, like that alone you know, has to be like the baseline of like, we have to at least enjoy it a little bit, you know, compared to what a lot of other people are doing to put food on the table. Well, you know, and, and just the very, well, first of all, we're talking with Jennifer Lieberman. She is a coach uh, and she is a actress. She is a, uh, or an actor, depending on how you like to do that. And uh, she's a production a producer and uh she has got a website and go to uh, makeyourownbreak.wordpress.com. You can find out all about her. You can also contact her through that site as well. And she's got some client testimonials and stuff. When we come back, I want to ask you what it's like to put on a one woman show and to stand up there for, I don't know, 90 minutes or whatever it is all by yourself because you've got no one to blame but yourself if it sucks or if it's great or whatever it is. So uh, we're going to take a real quick break. It's just a couple of moments, folks. So just stay put, would you please? And we'll be right back with Jennifer Lieberman. When you want to say more than words communicate, you can with flowers. Your custom boutique floral studio in Bothell, Washington is anaturaldesign.com, connecting you to nature through the language of flowers. Where your people are is where our flowers are beautiful. Your success is our goal. Now through New Year's Eve, here's your exclusive bonus for being our appreciated listener. Type in promo code Positive Talk Radio at checkout to receive $20 off your order. Our gift to you for being here with us today. AnaturalDesign.com These days, it's difficult to be able to do it all, especially as a small business owner. Marketing your business can be really tough, especially developing a presence on social media, creating commercial content, and media production. That's where KMMedia.pro can help. You see, 
In addition to creating a great podcast called Positive Talk Radio, we also have a radio show, video, audio production, content creation, including commercials, video shorts and trailers, voiceovers, social media development, and so much more. It only makes sense to hire a pro to get your business noticed. That's what we do. Please visit kmmedia.pro for more information and to schedule a consultation to take your business stream to the next level. That's kmmedia.pro. Yes, we can. And welcome back, everybody, to Positive Talk Radio on KKNW 1150 AM. My name is Kevin McDonald. I'm your host. We are here at 3 o'clock on Mondays, and today, of course, being 4 o'clock, we're here at 4 o'clock on Wednesdays, and then at noon on um, on Fridays. And we've got great guests all the time. Now, on Friday, we're going to talk about uh, PTSD and, and grief, and uh, we've got a great gentleman to help us do that. So if you know somebody that's in that boat, I hope that you will tune in Friday at noon. But Jennifer Lieberman is with us. And Jennifer, you know, I got to tell you, because some of these commercials I, I write myself and I and I voice them myself, as you probably guessed, or I have somebody else do it, and, and she's much better than I am. But I'm always nervous when I play them in front of creatives because you 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 guys are, are professionals at what you do, uh, even though I would like to. I, I Well, anyway. Um, so what did you think? <laughs> I thought you did a great job. I know you have to say that I know, but I just was fishing for compliments just because you know, you know how that is. But I wanted to touch bases again. You are you wrote a one woman play, wrote it yeah. and staged it and blocked it and did all of that, and then you performed it for a period of time. It, it was called uh, the Year of the Slut. Year of the Slut, and Eric says that we can say that, so that's okay. It's an award-winning book. It's number one Amazon bestseller, and it was uh, the Global uh, Book Award um, gold medal winner and um, and a bronze medal winner for romantic and uh, uh, erotica books and and for Ippy. And uh, you you are doing it's wonderful. But I got to ask you because when I was young. I did a uh, play. I was in college and I was in the theater department and I did a play, did a play called Taming of the True. And mm. I was I was Patricio. And Patricio that it was daunting because first of all, I don't know if you know this, but nobody talks like Shakespeare anymore. And and he does a completely different style than and you have to learn how to do all of that. And there was like 50 pages of dialogue I had to learn. Um, I can't imagine doing a one woman show when you've got and because it, but if I screwed up, there were other people there to support me when you're out there all by yourself, there ain't nobody there, but you, how is that? And how does that feel? And how did you do that? So it's definitely a challenge. It's definitely one of those things that you take on as a performer to be like, okay, this is going to be like the make it or break it to like prove to myself if I have what it takes type of thing, because being on stage, there's no second take. There's no, you know, starting over again. There's no running off and looking at the script. So it was 90 minutes of me playing 10 characters, telling this outrageous story about 
the first year after my first big breakup. So it loosely started off with my story and then very quickly took on a life of its own for theatrical reasons, both to play 10 various characters that were distinctly different. So I just kept exaggerating with each character that came along giving them an accent, giving them some sort of affect that made them very distinctly different from me so I could show my performance range. And then also wanting to have something that was funny, but also kind of touching and heartfelt and take an audience through like all the emotions. So that's what I did as a showcase piece. And I didn't really think that it was going to go much further than just doing a few performances and inviting some agents and managers and directors and basically people who could hire me or put me, you know, in front of people who could hire me. That was that was really the goal. And then that really didn't happen. Like some friends from acting class came and my mom came, but nobody of any relevance in the industry came. However, I realized number one, I was better than I thought. Like I was better than I thought, you know? And that's, but that's the thing with like anything in life. You don't know how good you are until you really push and taking on something like this, like you're really pushing it, like you are really pushing it, <laughs> you know? So it's like, you're either gonna, you know, kind of fall on your face or there's a chance you can fly. And I flew and I was just like, wow, like I can do this. I can do all of these things in one play by myself. So, um, so even though, like I was saying, it didn't lead to what I had hoped it would lead to, I realized certain things about myself. And I also realized certain things about taking matters into my own hands and creating vehicles for myself, which is what I started to do, um, after the show, you know, every year or two since then I've created another project. Which was your favorite character in the show? Oh, um, the Ukrainian bikini waxing lady. <laughs> she was getting one or giving one? She was the esthetician who gives them. Oh, I've always wondered about that, uh, how that yes. all works. Uh, uh, so what kind of accent did you use? Um. Well, this was like her famous line. Um, oh, no, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear. I don't want to get bleeped off. <laughs> well, you, you, you think of it in the terms of, um, you remember uh, George Carlin? He had the seven words yeah. you can't say on TV. Uh, the, the seven that applies here as well. If it's if it's not a common English term that you can that you can say, like, you know the s word is a no the f word is a no the the you, know, the you know but if you as, as an example if you call a if you've got a um okay i can modify the line but okay. yeah this, this is what she, this is what she would say 
love is BS. There's no love. There's hard work and hard life or easy life with rich men. Icky, not... Mm -hmm. <laughs> I can't say that word either. No, thank you. Thank you for cleaning that up because uh, uh, Eric uh, was standing over there at the dump button making sure that he didn't have to uh, modify the dialogue at all. So that's so thank you. Thank you for that. But see, and that people cannot see you. I can. So I can I can be the witness that when we talked about a character, the, a light came on in your eyes and you just shone through and that is a performer. That's that's oh, what you thank do. you. And that's that's that was that was awesome. So if you want to go watch this episode, you can't because <laughs> it's on audio, uh, but you can. Uh, we she's been on the show on positive talk radio dot net before, and that is video. So you can go to that to positivetalkradio.net and you can listen to the previous interview that we did which is why I had to have you back because you are so thank you you're so dynamic and you're so good and you can help people that are I know people I I know people that have got a screenplay I know one gal in particular she's gotten a screenplay she's been shopping it around but and uh, she's waiting for somebody to pick it up and I, I think that it would behoove her to move it forward within herself. Is that what you would coach her to do? Um, so, yeah, here's a little bit of free advice. <laughs> so if somebody came to me in that situation, I would suggest to them to find one little piece of their feature film that's a standalone scene that they could make as a short film. Make it as a short film, submit it to festivals. And when you're going to festivals and networking with producers and directors and different people who are in the film industry, you say, oh yes, this is just a piece of my bigger project, my feature film. And then you give them the script. That's brilliant. Simply brilliant, my dear, because they, they get a taste of your work. You don't spend... Um, a ton of money trying to put it together and uh, that would be that would be a good thing to do well a film festival is kind of wasted if you're not using it for as a stepping stone to make your next move hmm. you know but we we left yara and i wanted to go back to her because <laughs> she's my favorite character because she's this older woman who you know comes from Ukraine and she just is so kind of jaded with life and it's all about like just find a rich guy like what's your problem like you know like it, there's no such thing as love you know like you young girls are so silly like just go find a rich man and be done with it <laughs> <laughs> which is hilarious because it's such like you know nowadays it's such an old world view of what young girls think about when they're dating it, you know? it, it really is but now when you were writing the the play and you were coming up with the 10 characters and they're all different uh did you you developed 
their dialogue based upon what you perceive to be their what their personality and i imagine you had to build yeah. a whole character of each person yeah and like that's the thing too as i was writing it like i wasn't just like sitting down writing i was like pacing and like you know the movements like a lot of them like i started moving as this person first and started like feeling them in my body i was a mime i was with a mime company so <laughs> i'm very much of like a, a physical performer and like so i would embody a lot of them you know kind of like how they would move and like you know what part of their face they would hold you know, like, did they have like pursed lips or did they have like squinty, you know, like squinty eyes, like they were like very tired all the time, you know, like just different, different characteristics. And that would kind of inform their dialogue and inform how they sounded. And it's, it's really this like crazy, like for me, when I do it, it's like this crazy experience of it's it's not just me sitting and writing I'm using my whole body and I'm using my voice and I'm you know like spinning in my head it's really it's nuts do you find that when you're performing and especially when you're doing 10 characters in a 90 minute production that you take on a bit of those people and you lose yourself within the role of each individual yeah, that's the most fun. Like, that's the most fun about it. It's like when I'm writing them, they kind of creep up on me. It's not me inventing them. It's them kind of like finding themselves out of me as opposed to me like grasping them from thin air and putting them into my imagination. So from that standpoint, you can help somebody learn how to do a screenplay learn how to do a play play and and uh, develop the blocking and and the dialogue well, you know you it, it takes a whole team in terms of blocking like you need directors for that like with for my one woman show i had a director i had a choreographer i had a composer i had all of these people you know fortunately i was a i i elicited friends of mine um and that's how i I was able to get things done. You know, people would give me like time in between their sessions or, you know, an afternoon here or an hour or two there. And that's basically how I got things done. Um, you know, but, but that's also one of the skills that, that I help my clients with is like help figuring out like what resources they have versus what resources they need. And, you know, obviously you're not going to make something that's like, that's so below standard, like it, it doesn't make any sense. But nowadays, you know, people are winning Sundance with movies they made on their iPhone. We're in a very different world right now in what we're capable of. And, you know, one of the biggest factors is are you willing to start now? Are you willing to start on your own? Because the circumstances are never going to be perfect. That, that is so true. By the way, if somebody wants to work with you, do you do, you do it by Zoom? Can you work with anybody all over the world? Which yep, is I can work with anyone all over the world. I do work over Zoom. Obviously, you know, being in the same place is always ideal, just depending on how how involved I would be in the process. 
but yeah, definitely Zoom and the website, you don't even have to do the put in the WordPress. You all you need to do is make your own break.com and that links to um, the site. And that's the easiest way to find me. There's a contact page on there. And um yeah, it's just how did you get that domain name? That I mean you have you have you had that for a long time? Yeah, I have. Uh, I was going to say because I that that would get snapped up in today's market if if you were to oh, release thank that. Thank you. Well, you know it's it's it, what's interesting is positivetalkradio.com we, we use positivetalkradio.net because somebody has positivetalkradio.com and they don't have a website associated with it anymore, but they want they want three thousand dollars for um, positivetalkradio.com. Uh, so you know it's 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 amazing what domains what people can get the, for domains these days. I'm not going to pay that, but you know that's what they can get. Yeah, yeah, so, it's incredible. But congratulations on congratulations on everything that you're doing, and uh, what do you got what do you got in the works right now besides just goofing off in new york city yeah um well i'm not quite goofing off here oh good um, but i am well things are starting to wind down it's already believe it or not it it, the first week of december is already gone i know starts in 10 days you know in exactly two weeks it's winter solstice so that'll be the shortest day of the year and we'll be on the upswing from there in terms of daylight hours Yay. It's like pretty nuts. It's pretty nuts what's going on now. I'm I'm getting ready to hibernate for the winter. <laughs> Are you finding the time is flying by really fast? I am, yes. Me too. It's yeah, it's, it's, it's like pretty it's already, nuts. It's already December. I it's it seems like it was just June, like three days ago. I know. It seems like it was ninety-three eight days ago. <laughs> and uh, what's the weather like in New York City today? <laughs> it's been rainy. It's, it was kind of mild, like 57 degrees, but like misty, rainy, like soggy. It's been soggy for the past few days here. Ah, so ca- are you allowed to say what it is that you're doing in New York City to do some work? No, I'm just meeting with some friends, enjoying ah. the city, getting inspired. Very good. What's are you going to write something coming up, or are you going to? I'm always writing something. Oh well, see, you're creative. You can't stop. Exactly. So that's 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 really cool. Why? You know what I'd like to do? We've got just a few minutes left, uh, about six minutes left. But I wanted to to uh, give you a moment to tell our audience, the audiences listening right now, all over Seattle. And those that will be listening later on the podcast, positivetalkradio.net, and also on YouTube, and uh, which we've got over seventy, almost seventy thousand views in the last uh, five months. So we're real proud of what's happening there. But I want to give you the opportunity to tell all those folks anything that you'd like them to know. All right. Well, my book once again is called Year of the What adapted from the award-winning solo show year of the slut it is a coming of age comedy kind of like a sex in the city um definitely racy definitely fun um and this weekend starting on friday the 9th 
that on the 9th, 10th, and 11th of December, the Kindle version is going to be on sale for 99 cents. It's usually $6.99. So if you are looking for a steamy, fun read to curl up to this winter <laughs> as the weather's starting to get cold, check out Year of the What on Amazon. And um, if you want to follow me on social media, my handle on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube is the at sign. I am Jen Lieberman. So at I am Jen Lieberman on all the socials. And um, yeah, I hope everybody has like a safe and wonderful holiday season. If you were to give a young person some advice about they've got they've got the itch they want to be a performer if you could give them one piece of advice i don't want you to give all your secrets away but just one piece of advice if they want to be a performer what would you suggest that they do well this would be my advice for anybody including performers become an expert at talking yourself into the things you want to do instead of out of the things you want to do can i put that on a t-shirt yeah but i have to get some of the royalties <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll split it with you how about that <laughs> but it's I'm true i think i think we are all we are all experts at talking ourselves out of our dreams talking ourselves out of things that are going to make us happy talking ourselves out of things we want to try. And the key is become an expert at talking yourself into it. Because we're all rejecting ourselves before we even get a chance for life to reject us. And you know, the thing is, is that there are enough people out there that are perfectly willing to reject you uh, that if you reject yourself and all you're doing is verifying what they're saying and they have no idea who you are inside. Well, that's the whole thing. Nobody knows what you're made of except for you. So it's really, it really is vital that you follow your passion, follow your heart and do what your heart tells you to do. And, and that's not always going to be what everybody else says that you should do. Cause you know, the first thing that people will tell you is that there are, 37 no 300,000 people in the screen actors guild and probably I don't know what 3,000 of them make a living something uh, like that yeah yeah but that's not what it's about it's about doing the creative process yeah I think it's just about staying true to your heart and doing what makes you happy you know and staying creative and being a superstar are two different, totally thing. Like they're totally different things. I couldn't you know, agree more. You want to be a superstar? Well, go for it. I have no idea how to tell you how to get there. I like pure, pure, beats, pure. Sure beats me. You know. But, um, but you know what, Jen? I'm afraid that they're gonna they're gonna kick us out now because we've run out of time for today. You need to come back so that we can do this again. Will you do that? Yes, I would love to. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you so much for being here. By the way, take care of each other because each other's all we've got. And we'll see you Friday at noon.